0: It's Tuesday, May 8th, and this is The Daily Dive. President Trump has said that he will announce his decision whether or not the U.S. should remain in the Iran nuclear agreement later today. The president has repeatedly stated that the Iran deal is one of the worst deals that the Obama administration has made. Other countries have even pled with the president to stay in the deal or at least negotiate better terms. But a story that caught some attention revolved around Black Cube, an Israeli intelligence company that was reportedly trying to spy on two former Obama officials who worked on the Iran deal, all in an effort to discredit the whole thing. Black Cube also has ties to Harvey Weinstein and denies the whole premise of the story. We will speak to Chaz Danner from New York Magazine to sort this all out. We will also talk about First Lady Melania Trump's official platform, Be Best, It's an awareness campaign focusing on some of the major issues facing children today. Melania has been rising in popularity recently among women and Democrats and is taking this momentum to show the country where she is focused. We will speak to BuzzFeed News reporter Blake Montgomery for more. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. Frankly, that deal is an embarrassment to the United States, and I don't think you've heard the last of it. Believe me. Joining us now is Chaz Danner. He's a reporter for New York Magazine. So we saw this story over the weekend out of The Guardian about an Israeli intelligence company named Black Cube running dirty ops on two former Obama administration officials, Ben Rhodes and Colin Carl. We also saw that there was a connection to Harvey Weinstein. There was a lot of juicy things in there, Chaz, can you help us navigate what's going on with this story?
1: The Observer reported on Saturday that Trump aides, they were, they were vague about who exactly had hired this agency, but that someone connected to Trump had hired them to dig up dirt on Rhodes and Call, who were instrumental in working on the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. The intention was to get some kind of dirt on them to be able to um, discredit
0: the deal. The uh, thought was that it would be easier to get out of the Iran nuclear deal if they were able to find some nefarious things going on.
1: Yeah. And if you'll recall, Trump has had a very difficult time convincing his advisors to let him get out of the deal over the past year. It might not be the case anymore, but at least last year there was a lot of pushback. So it does at least make some sense that people might be looking for additional ammunition to be able to win that argument.
0: So who are Ben Rhodes and Colin Carl?
1: Ben Rhodes is the former national security Advisor to President Obama. And Carl was the former national security Advisor to Vice President Biden. And again, they worked on the nuclear deal. The Black Cube turns out to have been the agency that was hired. And we, we found that out on Sunday after some people did some digging, and they found out that Call's wife had received an email from a woman who claimed to work for this firm, which was the same fake firm that one of the people that had tried to investigate one of Harvey Weinstein's accusers had used. And so that connection was pretty clear. And then on Sunday night, The New Yorker reported that it was, it was Black Cube for sure.
0: And what were the nature of those emails that his wife was receiving?
1: Someone contacted her and wanted to set up a meeting to supposedly figure out how to contribute money to their children or their daughter's school in Washington, D.C. And she thought it was really fishy and didn't respond to it. And uh, it turns out that Rhodes' wife, around the same time, uh, and this was uh, early May of last year, she also had received a strange email from someone who said they worked at a film production company and wanted her to work as an advisor on some political film. Uh, And she thought that was really fishy, and she didn't reply to that either. I don't think either of them thought much of it until they were contacted about this story and suddenly then they you know made the connection and realized that it was probably an intel op.
0: Even journalists were getting calls saying, oh, we're, we want to talk about Iran. And then it, the conversation, according to the story, would quickly devolve into asking questions about roads or call. What
1: Farrell reported for The New Yorker on Sunday was that they had targeted many journalists. Uh, they also targeted Trita Parsi, who uh, worked in the National Iranian American Council. And they were just trying to find whatever they could. And apparently, according to the documents which, uh, which Farrell saw, they had collected detailed information about Rhodes and Call and others and about their families. So they were clearly putting together some kind of dossier.
0: And nothing's come out of that, though, right? Uh, they haven't released any damaging information about them.
1: There's no record of anything coming out. And uh, Black Cube, of course, is denying that they were involved in this. They issued a blanket denial, although there have since been some reporters that have been talking to representatives of there. And they now seem to be, well not officially, they're at least saying. We have no connection to Trump. We have no connection to the Trump aides or anything like that. But it's not quite as strong a denial of the the story itself.
0: Tell me about what Black Cube started doing after Ronan Farrow started digging into the story.
1: He uh, started asking them about these uh, these allegedly fake names uh, that people were using to contact Rhodes' wife and Call's wife, and also these companies which, uh, which they supposedly worked for. And then after that, the... Uh, The website suddenly disappeared. They got spooked? I I suspect so.
0: According to the reporting, they said they were trying to see if either Rhodes or Call had benefited from this Iran deal or working with people associated with it. The question is, could this still be plausible? Some business entity is trying to get dirt on them for benefiting financially from this.
1: I mean, there's no question. Anything's possible, I think, with when you're dealing with foreign intel agencies and, and the Trump administration. I think that obviously it would make perfect sense for some business that was profiting off of sanctions to be uh, interested in getting the Iran deal discredited in some way, just like it wouldn't surprise me at all if someone related to Trump was also interested in this. And and uh, Carl had an interesting point about this after the, uh, the New Yorker report came out. And, and he was saying that right around the same time, there ended up being some negative stories about him and Rhodes in conservative media outlets, which was a little suspicious as well. So it's not clear. The Observer, again, was incredibly vague about defining who these people in Trump's orbit were. And Faro then reported that it was a private sector client of some kind. And that's also what people associated with Black Cube have been saying on Monday.
0: They said that Black Cube has also been linked to Cambridge Analytica, who was caught up in the Facebook scandal. Do we know how they're associated?
1: A former employee of Cambridge Analytica said that they had worked with their parent company on some political work in Africa, which was very shady. Black Cube denied that. Black Cube has also been linked to other shady ops around the world. But they're a private spy agency, so they don't ever acknowledge you know, their clients or anything like that. So it's difficult to tell exactly. What else they've been involved in? In this particular case, I think it's it's pretty clear that they were they, they used almost identical tactics uh, that they used against Weinstein's accusers, including Rose McGowan, trying to set up these meetings and then get them to reveal information, which then could be used against them. In addition to the fact that they used the same firm name, false identities, etc.
0: President Trump is supposed to announce his decision on the Iran nuclear deal today. Do we know anything about that?
1: I believe he's probably going to if not decertify the deal completely and walk away and reinstitute sanctions, at least decertify the deal. But you never know. I think that, obviously, with the North Korea summit coming at some point here soon, that's probably could could convince, someone could convince Trump to not do it. But I I don't think the Iran deal is uh, long for this world.
0: Right. Even the French president, after his trip last month, said that he thinks that President Trump will get rid of the, the his own deal. And I know a lot of people are pushing, you know, don't get rid of the deal completely. Let's renegotiate some stuff and, and modify it. But yeah, we'll have to wait till uh, later in the day to see what happens.
1: Trump campaigned on this. He's been trying to do it for more than a year. He finally has John Bolton and other people around him who are unlikely to try to dissuade him from walking away from it. Seems pretty clear he probably will at some point, if not today, then at some point
0: in the future. Chaz Danner from New York Magazine. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you. It concerns me that in today's fast paced and ever connected world, children can be less prepared to express or manage their emotions and oftentimes turn to forms of destructive or addictive behavior such as bullying drug addiction, or even suicide. So today, I'm very excited to announce Be Best, an awareness campaign dedicated to the most valuable and fragile among us, our children.
0: Joining us now is Blake Montgomery. He's a BuzzFeed news reporter. Melania Trump has been uh, the first lady for about 16 months now, and we just found out what her formal platform is going to be. It's called Be Best. Blake, what can you tell us about it?
3: So the platform focuses on three pretty broad categories, children's well-being, cyberbullying, and drug addiction, specifically opioid addiction. we don't have a lot of details about how the program will focus on these things, but Melania Trump gave us a bit of an idea in a speech on Monday. She highlighted something called a Buddy Bench that kindergartners have uh, put on in a lot of schools, um, an organization called Lily's Place that helps parents and children dealing with drug addiction, and she re-released an FTC pamphlet um, called Talking to Your Kids About Being Online. Um, that, advocates against cyberbullying she highlighted a viral a video from Arizona that went viral about where one student talked about the effects bullying has had on her
0: you know i was looking at some of that ftc thing that she released that is one of the most important things, I think. I really don't feel like kids know how to behave in the online sphere right now. Some of it's had stuff about oversharing, you know, pictures or even thoughts and stuff, which could lead to bullying and, and being ridiculed. So that's actually a really good platform to, for her to have. I know she receives a lot of flack for it, though, uh, just because of what the president does on Twitter a lot.
3: Right. And reporters were asking Sarah Sanders about that in the White House press briefing um, saying how can how can Melania Trump be effective about this when her husband is by many considered the world's most famous cyberbully for his use of Twitter, which is often pretty aggressive. And Sarah Sanders made the point that this has been a problem for kids for a long time. And she said, basically, um, the idea that you're trying to blame cyberbullying on the president is kind of ridiculous.
0: We know, how he takes to Twitter and everything. And, I, you know, putting it on him is a little ridiculous. I think, it, you know, this stuff has been going around for a long time and we have the online trolls and they're all there. I think he just kind of plays into it really more than being a cause of it. That's a
3: fair point. It is, it is a fair question, though, and I'm not surprised that reporters are asking Sarah Sanders about it. Um, Trump has personally attacked people before on Twitter, and it, it seems pretty clear to me that he has one of the bigger platforms from which to attack people. So a lot of times it seems like it's punching down.
0: Do you know anything about uh, Melania receiving a little flack from taking some stuff from former First Lady Michelle Obama? I saw some stuff on Twitter, people saying she's copying her again. Do you know anything about that?
3: So the FTC pamphlet that she... Um, re-release today is part of an ongoing series about talking to kids online. It was first released in 2009, updated again for a big re-release in 2014, um, and then just got re-released yesterday. And so I spoke to the FTC, and they said it's pretty common practice um, for people. for organizations, public officials to re-release and redistribute this material. The problem that she, Melania Trump is running into is from that high profile incident of copying Michelle Obama's speech, it looks like she's trying to take credit for this FTC material that's almost 10 years old. That said, the FTC has updated it every so often. Um,
0: and it's not necessarily you know, her thing. These are her advisors and staffers that are helping her put this stuff together. So maybe it's a little laziness on their part. I don't I don't know. <laughs> right. Whenever there's an opportunity to draw some of these parallels they're going to people are going to take it. You know, related to this uh, Melania's poll numbers have been increasing. I think CNN just did a poll where she's up to 57% approval rating, which is up from 47%. So her profile is raising, and it's a good time for her to release her formal platform. But she's been increasing in popularity among women and Democrats.
3: Yeah, it's a surprising moment. Um, and it's a, it seems like an opportune moment for her to step out into the spotlight. Um, I was realizing today that I... It didn't really know how her voice sounded because I hear her so infrequently.
0: Yeah, and she sounded a little nervous today when she was delivering her speech. She's not naturally a public speaker. She, you know, she has a lot of other talents. So it was uh, it was interesting to see her take command of the stage there and uh, of the podium and, and introduce all this stuff. What else could, do we know about her uh, her platform? I know um, the well being thing, the social media stuff. What is she focusing on with the opioid addiction?
3: It's going to focus a lot on. She mentioned. Um, helping parents and children. So it's really going to focus on family dynamics, kids who have problems due to their parents' opioid addiction, keeping kids away from them, keeping kids away from opioids. Um, I think focusing on, like, the youth element. She she mentioned over and over again our future, looking forward, hoping to kind of curtail future opioid abuse more so than current treatment programs.
0: Right, and former first ladies have uh, had their... Their platforms, uh, Michelle Obama was the Let's Move campaign, um, mm-hmm. focusing on childhood obesity. Laura Bush was uh, focused on child literacy. Lania's thing has a three-pronged approach, but they all, they all meshed well together, you know. One thing leads to another and hopefully, you know, improving the lives of kids with problems they're facing right now.
2: Let us teach children the importance of all aspects of their well-being, which includes a social, emotional, and physical health. The three main pillars of Be Best will include well being, social media use, and opioid abuse. Together, I believe we should strive to provide kids with the tools they need to cultivate their social. And emotional health.
3: Right. It seems that a lot that some part of this Melania Trump's program will involve public appearances, as it kind of already has in the past. She mentioned her visit to Lily's Place, providing treatment to parents and kids with opioid addiction. Um, she said in the speech, "I will continue to travel and speak directly to children about their victories and difficult realities that they face." So clearly, she's going to be doing more tours, talking to more children. She also mentioned talking to tech companies about cyberbullying. She's specifically thanked Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Snapchat, um, big companies involved in social media.
0: Right. And some of them were in the, in the audience, uh, when uh, she was delivering her speech as well. Right. Right. All right. Well, Blake Montgomery, Buzzfeed news reporter. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me. All right. That's it for today. Join us on social media at daily dive pod on Twitter And Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive.